Hey, this is Kevin Rowe. One of the largest churches in America, Saddleback Church, was recently ousted from the Southern Baptist Convention over the issue of women in teaching pastor roles. The last thing I ever did in my undergraduate studies at Baylor University was to write a paper entitled, Was Paul a Male Chauvinist? Women in church leadership, and especially in top-level ministry positions, has been a topic I've wrestled with for many years. In episode 10, the Reverend Lillian Hines shares about her experience of receiving a call from God on her life, working to figure out what that meant having grown up in a tradition where being called to ministry as a woman typically meant being a missionary or marrying a pastor, to attending seminary and ultimately pastoring Meadow Oaks Baptist Church in Temple for 12 years. While the number has grown in the past few years, Lillian was one of the few Baptist female pastors in Texas when she began in that role. Lillian has multiple degrees, studied at Baptist Bible College, Southwest Missouri State, Tennessee Temple, and then the University of Texas at Tyler, in addition to earning a Master of Divinity from Truett Theological Seminary in 2008, which is where we met. She served as an LPC or licensed counselor for 25 years. She's also taught the life and work of the pastor course at Truett on multiple occasions. In addition to pastoring Meadow Oaks, she has been music minister at Bruceville Baptist Church and First Baptist Church, Evant, Texas. Lillian has also built a legacy of other ministers, both male and female, whom she's encouraged in their journeys. And her own daughter, Jack, or Jacqueline Crow, is also living into her call to ministry. So whether you've supported women in ministry for a long time, or even if you're just wrestling through your own convictions on it, I hope that hearing from Lillian will stretch and challenge you. With that, let's dive in to episode 10 with Lillian Hines. All right. Well, Lillian, thank you so much for being here today. I have been looking forward to this very much, and we're so glad to have you. Thank you. It's so good to be here, Kevin. Thank you. Awesome. Well, so as we jump in today, why don't you just tell me a little bit about how or when you first heard the call of God on your life? I think when I was a teenager is the first time that I knew God wanted me in his service, but I really had no idea what that meant. This was quite a while ago, and the only way a woman could be in ministry was to be a missionary, which I knew that wasn't my call, or to be married to some kind of minister. Mm -hmm. So I assumed that's what was going to happen. Then in college, I looked up the date. I was 21. I heard God's voice again very clearly speak to me in a church service. So I went back to my dorm room, and I wrote down. I had a little New Testament, which I brought today, uh, so Kevin Mm -hmm. can see. Yeah. Um, I wrote down this day, I've made a resolution in my heart. I cannot turn back. I will not turn back. And then I wrote the, um, words to a hymn, take my life and let it be Mm. consecrated Lord to thee. And this was my prayer. So that's when I first knew uh, that God had a call on my life. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned, um, in, in the midst of talking about everything, um, you've mentioned that something sidetracked you in your hope to follow God. So tell me about that. Well, um, I started not to mention this part of my life, but again, God nudged me to remind me that um, I want things to be perfect and I wanted my life to be perfect and no one's life is. So I married a minister, a music minister, and we had a baby and then I was divorced. And it's hard to tell you how soul crushing that was for me mm-hmm. in ways I can't even begin to describe. And it took me years to get over that and, and for that to be a, a very healed scar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it is now. But I felt that divorce was wrong and divorce is public. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't any way to hide that. No one ever said to me that divorce is the unpardonable sin, 
But I think a lot of times, whatever we're going through, we think, oh, that's the unpardonable sin. God could never forget, forgive that. Uh, the enemy will always tell you that whatever has happened in your life will keep you from serving the Lord. And I think that's mm -hmm. why God wanted me to mention this today, because somebody's listening that would say, well, you just don't understand what's happened in my life. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. God can um, redeem you and redeem what has happened in your life. There is nothing that is beyond God. And um, God made that clear to me. So you, when you look at people in the Bible, you think, oh, well, they were in the Bible. Yeah, but they were a mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's some horrible people in the Bible. <laughs> my, one of my favorites is Jacob. <laughs> yeah. He was just ridiculous. And God used him mm -hmm. and named his people after him. Mm -hmm. And um, Jacob was a real encouragement to me when I was going through all that because I thought, well, God could use Jacob. So That is really one of the, one of the great things about scripture is that it doesn't really hide. Mm -mm. Um, it, we get to see that they were real people that right. Right. if not for God, they would not have been able to do what they could do. Exactly. Exactly. And then for us that, that the same thing is true. That's right. That's right. And, and we limit the power of God when we start with us and the things that have happened in our life that we've done or that have been done to us mm -hmm. either direction then we limit God when we say, well, God could never use me. You don't know what God's going to do or how he's going to do it. Yeah. So I think that's why he wanted me to mention that today, because not so much for the sake of divorce, but for the sake of um, that nothing is beyond God. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you you know that you have a call to ministry. Right. You as you're living out, I imagine when you, you marry a minister to start with, you're right. kind of thinking, OK, that's what that looks like right. it means. That obviously now is not the case. Right. Um, so at what point did you actually sense, okay, it's not just a general call to ministry, but instead, I really feel like God's calling me to preach. What did that look like for you? Well, I had moved to Tyler and married Eddie, and we had a baby girl, and we went to church. I've always gone to church, but it was, um, I knew there was something more. But again, I've mm -hmm. been set aside on the shelf, as they say, and that was all it was. One Wednesday night, um, it's very clear to me, I went up to the choir room waiting for choir to start, and I didn't go to the Bible study. Mm -hmm. The speaker was from East Texas Baptist University, and he was going to speak on the role of women in the church. And I thought, well, that doesn't really apply to me. I'm not going to go. And I got to the choir room, and this friend, <laughs> <laughs> this brings tears to Eddie, this friend, um, that was up there. He said, why aren't you in Bible study? I said, well, I'm not really interested in that. And he said, yeah, we're going to go. And I'll never forget this. He picked up my cup of coffee and my purse <laughs> and walked out. With it. I said, where are you going? Well, we're going to go to Bible study. And I thought, well, okay. I didn't care. I mm -hmm. wasn't interested, but that's fine. I'm in church. So I sat down and began to listen to him. And he was doing some uh, Greek background things. Mm -hmm. And as much church as I've gone to in my life, I didn't know anything about Oh, there's a Greek to this. There's mm -hmm. background, there's culture, there's these other things. And I I was mesmerized and was really enjoying it. And all of a sudden I felt God speak to me. And again, I would love to say that it was out loud, but in my heart, in my mind, he said, I meant it before. 
and I still mean it today, and mm. I want you to preach. And it was so clear. I felt like there was a light shining out the top of my head, and I, I turned around to look <laughs> at other people thinking, did y'all hear that? Did, you, did anybody else notice that? It was very clear. Mm -hmm. It was very, and it wasn't in my mind. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking, boy, I wish I could preach. I, it just kind of came from nowhere. So, mm -hmm. um, and when I, God said, I meant it before, and I still mean it today, he was talking about that day back in 1974 mm. where I'd written this down and I, that was very clear too. Yeah. So I went home and found the little new Testament and, um, looked it up and said, okay, this, this must be what you mean. Mm -hmm. So there are, you know, and having gone to Truett seminary, we both, we both went there, um, have gotten to know a number of women who've gone into ministry, um, and it, it's possible, and I, I think that many that I know that have gone through and have wrestled through this journey of, of this calling in their life, that they've done it from a place, okay, I feel God's call, I'm going to wrestle with Scripture on that and all that. There are others who just, okay, whatever Scripture says, who cares, I just this is just what I'm going to do. But I know that's not you, that instead that you had to really wrestle with um, preconceived notions, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure you've had people come up to you and say, well, you can't do this because scripture says this. So what does that right. look like for you to wrestle with some of those passages and texts and things like that? Growing up, no one ever said women can't preach. No mm -hmm. one ever said that out loud. It was implied. Mm -hmm. And I never saw a woman preach. Ironically, though, we had a lot of missionaries come to our church and the woman always spoke. Mm -hmm. Not She didn't preach technically, mm -hmm. but you could tell in some of those couples that she was the better speaker, mm -hmm. that she had just as clear of a call on her life as the man did. Mm -hmm. So that was running in the background. Um, when I got to Truett, no one, everyone was encouraging. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is wonderful. You want to be a preacher. But they really didn't know what to do with that either. A lot of people, and I'd go to ministry fairs and, mm -hmm. and people would say, oh, you could be a, a director of a camp. It's like, I had a really good job in Tyler. I didn't come over here to find a job. Are you yeah. going to be a chaplain? God didn't call me to be a chaplain. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the reasons he made that so clear for me was um, that he knew it, it would be difficult. And I want to tell you another story before mm -hmm. I get back to the how I studied all this. When we... Uh, I. Looking back, I'm kind of embarrassed, but that night when God called me to preach, my very first thought instead of was, oh, well, praise the Lord. My first thought was, did you know I'm a woman? And then, I, oh, of course he knows I'm a woman. <laughs> well, did you know I'm divorced? Well, duh, of course he knows I'm divorced. I mean, it was really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. I, I really did not know how to respond. So I went home and told Eddie, and uh, God has used Eddie so much in my mm -hmm. life. And Eddie said... Oh, I'm not surprised at all. I was like, what do you mean you're not surprised? I'm stunned. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, I've known for a long time. God was wow. working with you on this and on something. And I said, why didn't you tell me? He said, well, I knew you and God had to work this out. So that was mm -hmm. uh, very affirming. And then um, we decided for me to go to Truett. And this is, Eddie has played such a big part in all this. I know I'm digressing from your question. No, no, that's I, great. Um, he drove a group of senior citizens over to Truett on one of those people movers. They were going to take a tour. Mm -hmm. Well, he was so impressed and um, came home with an application. Mm 
Mm. He said, you have got to go see this place. I think you should go there. And I was like, well, I mean, we're both, we have jobs, we own a home. How do mm. we, you know, how do we just pick up and go? Well, I applied and was accepted. And so on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I worked my job. I crammed mm -hmm. my job into three days. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I guess we got up about four o'clock because it was a two and a half hour drive over there. Mm -hmm. And I took three classes and um, loved it. Loved true. Mm -hmm. loved, I like school. I'm yeah. a book nerd. That's fine. I hear you. <laughs> and and uh, loved to study the Bible. So true. It was just perfect for me, but we were exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you'll appreciate this. You told me a moment ago, you had a house that you had trouble selling. Mm -hmm. Well, we decided to um, put out a fleece. Now, mm -hmm. does everybody know what that means? You think? Does everybody? It's worth explaining in okay. case me doesn't. Well, I don't have the exact passage, but mm -hmm. to it's kind of a test for God. If you really want me to do this, then I need you to do mm -hmm. this. And so we decided we would put our house on the market. Houses were not selling at all. Mm -hmm. And Eddie said, well, I've got some things I'm working on, a little paint here, a little fix there. We'll get that finished and we'll put it on the market. So we did. And um, again, nobody's trying to discourage you, but they're trying to help you see reality. Well, you know, houses aren't selling. You mm -hmm. could be here for a long time. And it's like, okay, whatever. This is not our deal. It's one of the few times I really put myself in God's hands and mm -hmm. said, this is your call. You do whatever it is you're <laughs> going to do. Knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. And Eddie didn't like it when I pray like that. <laughs> I said, God does not mind. So um, we called the real estate agent and she came over on a Saturday morning. She'd worked up all the papers and we signed the papers and she put her sign in the yard. And that afternoon she called us and said, I sold your house. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was so clear. Mm -hmm. and, and God knew we needed that. Yeah. God knew we needed that clear of an affirmation. Um, then I got to Truett and now I'm now I'm 52 years old. I'm a Baptist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm divorced and I'm a woman. It's like, what else could be in my category, <laughs> you know? So I had I did a lot of study and I considered going to another denomination. Mm -hmm. And that was not troubling so much as, okay, now I've got to start over and mm -hmm. learn doctrine and uh, figure some things out because I'm not going to do something just to get by. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's not exactly how I want to say that, but I'm not going to go find what I need. I need to make this clear with God. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's a better way to say that. And you'll think of it later. <laughs> <laughs> so I begin to study and I found the book about Junia, who's mm -hmm. mentioned in Romans 16. Um, Junia, the first woman apostle by Eldon J. Epp. And it was so clear, and he goes into excruciating detail about the vocabulary and the Greek and the Greek background and all this kind of thing. And it was so clear. Mm -hmm. It was so clear. And, um, I, and at first I was angry. Mm -hmm. It was like, this has been hidden from me my whole life. I don't know that I ever heard anybody preach on Romans 16. Mm -hmm. And of course it starts with Phoebe, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's just right out there. But again, we just don't mention it, Phoebe at all. And so then the Lord chastised me for my anger. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. And, uh, but I did start really studying and, and, um, looking at passages in the past, some of the passages in the household code, Household codes. I'll get that out in a minute. Mm -hmm. 
it says, you know, women don't speak and they not to wear gold or pearls or braid their hair. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do we stop that verse at not mm -hmm. speaking and we don't say anything about women wearing gold because I bet every woman in the room has on a gold wedding band. And we're mm -hmm. like, well, no, that was cultural. That was situational. It's like, I don't think you get to do that like mm -hmm. that. So I did. I had a lot of study to do. Um, I already knew about Hulda mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. If you don't know about Hulda, you should look her up. I didn't bring that reference with me. I want to say it's in Chronicles, but we can look that up later. And Kevin, yeah. Kevin yep. can tell you. <laughs> Deborah. Um, mm -hmm. women are not prominent in the Old Testament, but they're definitely there. Yeah. And they're definitely a part of, of God's story. And uh, so that was encouraging to me. That's kind of what I did with that. Mm -hmm. So you're at Truman Seminary now. You're wrestling through this. Um, and again, as you mentioned, the option of going to a different denomination, we, we've got a mm -hmm. number of friends that that's kind of the route they ended up going right. because options were pretty limited right. for, again, right. for a female Baptist mm -hmm. That's right. um, feeling called to preach to stay within a Baptist denomination and do that. Mm -hmm. um, but you you end up still staying in here and you're wrestling through this. So well, kind of what's next in the journey for that? But I got to my last semester and um, I was very discouraged. I was kind of at the bottom. Hmm. And the interviews I'd had to work at a church were, were not to preach. And, and again, all the positions I applied for were valid and mm -hmm. godly things, yeah. but not my calling. Mm -hmm. And um, also, it felt frantic. Have you talked to these people? Have you talked to these people? Have you talked? Well, you should write them. You should write them. Networking. You need to network. You need to get on all, whatever all the job things mm -hmm. were online then. I don't even remember what they were. But... I was overwhelmed and very discouraged with that. And um, I had worked at two different churches, one in Bruceville and one mm -hmm. in Event, for uh, young men who were very supportive. Mm -hmm. And that was encouraging. But in both churches, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, I led music and I could teach a Bible study, but not from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, this makes no sense. Either I'm not supposed to speak or I'm, but there's this line drawn around the pulpit and um, but I, my commitment in seminary was to serve wherever God opened the door. Yeah. And I can sing and I could lead music. So I had done that. But I got to that last semester and I was done. And finally, one day I prayed and um, I said, I told God, I really, truly believe you called me to preach. Mm -hmm. That's clear. But you, you didn't say anything about that I would get to actually do this. I, but I've been obedient to this call. I've studied. Mm -hmm. I'm nearly graduating. and um, But I'm going to stop all the letter writing, all the phone calls, all the networking. I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. And I always go back to Genesis 1. I believe in my heart God created the world. And if you can do all that, you can do this. If this mm -hmm. is what you want, God, you can do this. And so I'm done. And I told Eddie, he said, you should not talk to God that way. <laughs> I said, it's too late. I already did. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, I had a peace, the peace that passes understanding come over my heart uh, where God said, okay. It, so we talked about what we would do mm -hmm. if I didn't get a place to preach. And we liked Waco and we mm -hmm. thought, well, I'll get a job and we'll find a place to live and and uh, this will be fine. And I really did have a piece about that. Mm -hmm. So 
a few weeks later. Oh, and that reminds me of one of my favorite memory verses growing up, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In mm. all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. And so it's like, okay, God, I'm putting this back on you. And I felt, I felt peace about that. So one night we were driving back from event mm-hmm. after church and uh, David Bonet was out there and mm-hmm. he had, again, he'd been very, very supportive. And I'd been teaching on Romans, not from the pulpit, but mm-hmm. you know, they've moved a little pony to the floor. <laughs> so I be spiritual. And so uh, I got a phone call from the, chair of the search committee at Meadow Oaks Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And this was in the spring. I've gotten, I have these dates written down because I kind of kept a diary of all that. He wanted to know if I was still interested and I hadn't applied there. Somebody had sent mm-hmm. my name in and uh, I said, yes, I'm very interested. So we set up a time to meet. Um, the meeting didn't go that well. <laughs> I'll, rem- I'll never forget the whole, we had a big table at the cotton patch and I had never had an interview over a meal before, and I didn't realize I should have just had, you know, some Jello or something. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I took a big, uh, took a bite of squash casserole just as someone asked me a question, and I turned it upside down on my oh, no. jacket. <laughs> I thought, well, I've made a good impression so far. And then <laughs> we went back to the church to walk around, and I had a new jacket and one of the men walked up to me and said is this yours and it was the button off my jacket oh no and i thought well okay (laughs) this did not (laughs) turn out well but later i found out that the chair he said if those things didn't ruffle you you'll be okay Mm -hmm. so um that that was in the spring and in august i preached in view of a call and they called me Mm -hmm. and i had a piece about that too um as after the service was over or i thought if they call me, it's good. If they don't call me, God is still God. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was that was <laughs> that portion of my ministry. Mm-hmm. So, so then you were at Meadow Oaks for a number of years. Twelve years. I was there for twelve years, and um, Eddie had already retired, mm-hmm. and we felt it was time. It was time for me to retire. And I didn't particularly want to try and go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And we have children up here in the Metroplex who were really needing some help with their children. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been thinking about it. And this was another one of those times when God showed himself very clearly. A lot of times you have to discern, mm-hmm. you know, really try to figure out what God wants. And this was one of those times when kind of like selling our house before it was so clear and I told my daughter, I said, well, I'm ready to retire, but we don't have a place to live up there. If you can find us a place to live, we'll mm-hmm. move. And that weekend, <laughs> God showed them uh, a duplex to buy. And it was at a time when there wasn't anything to buy. Mm. And that went through just immediately. Yeah. And she called me back and I said, okay, we'll, we'll do this. So I retired and uh, I had such a great time at Meadowworks. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a wonderful church, and I had a great time there. Well, I'd love to talk through that a little bit because that, and, and again, we've known each other through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, I know that where it's at, you had a number of professors from Mary Garden Baylor. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. And, and, then, and then maybe a certain Truett Seminary <laughs> professor who might have played into you. So, feel free to tell any of those stories that you feel like you can tell and want to tell. Well, um, it was a good place for me. Again, it was 
God's discipline because I've been in church all my life. Mm -hmm. And I can chit chat about the Bible with the best of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been, my dad was the preacher. I've been, never (laughs) missed Sunday school, but that was a good place for me because there were two professors in my congregation that had collaborated on a Hebrew textbook. Well, you don't just get up and say, well, I heard this, or I read Mm -hmm. this on the internet. You know, you, you have to do some study. And that was, a little bit intimidating, mm-hmm. but I learned to, uh, in fact, I've contacted one of them since we've lived here when I was teaching Sunday school. It's like, help me with the grammar in this because mm-hmm. I remember pretty much nothing from our Hebrew <laughs> at seminary, <laughs> a teeny bit of Greek, but again, um, and I would call him and say, tell me about this passage. Am, mm-hmm. am I dead on with this? Give me some more context or Help me understand this. And he would. He was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And one Sunday I preached on Matthew 1, and I thought, I'll never make it through all these names. So I called him and said, <laughs> Tim, can you uh, read our text today? Sure. And so he just <laughs> rolled right through that. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. So that was, um, I had someone who taught church history. I had these two Hebrew professors. I had... Um, I mean, they were all professors. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a PhD, mm-hmm. and at the same, it was humbling. But at the same time, it was, it helped me remember my call. God called me to preach. Mm-hmm. He didn't call these people. He called me to preach, and he called me to this congregation. Mm-hmm. And um, a professor at Truett had told me one time. He said, "I know our pastor." Our, it was my Greek professor. He said, "I know." Our pastor worries about it. He said, I've worked hard all week. I just want to come hear what the Lord mm. has told you to say to us. I yeah. need to worship and hear the word of God. And I remembered that and I thought, okay, I can do that. These people aren't sitting there trying to grade me. Mm. And then um, <laughs> our theology professor <laughs> walked in one day and he had given us a Bible study on a Wednesday night. and Something had happened about hymns. He loves hymns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want me to call his name or not. But oh, anyway. we, we can definitely say his name because I I ended up, I think, with 30 hours on my transcript that had his name next to him. So. <laughs> okay. Roger Olson. He's yes. just a, a premier theologian in America, mm-hmm. written books and so forth. And um, we were singing, and I remember what we were singing. We didn't sing, but a, a young man had professed salvation. And I mm-hmm. said, well, we'll have to set up a time to be baptized. And I said, it's too bad the people here don't know there's a new name written down in glory. And he, he <laughs> said, I know it. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah, I know all kind of old hymns. So I said, well, I don't know that that congregation knows this song, but, you know, we do sing hymns. Well, the next, and you know how you say to people, oh, you should come to our church. Mm-hmm. You should come to our church. <laughs> so the next Sunday he walked in, I was like, I didn't mean it. When I, was <laughs> I was just being polite. I don't know that I really want you. So that was a little bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. But again, he wasn't there to critique me, yeah. critique me or give me a grade. He was there to worship mm-hmm. and he really enjoyed hymns. And so he joined our church mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and now he's moved to Colorado, has retired and moved. But uh, that was encouraging, too, because God's call is a a unique thing. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, I don't want to say special, but it is unique. Mm-hmm. And we're all called, and that's true. But when God places a specific call on your life and you answer that, I believe that he blesses that. Yeah. And, it, uh, and he's going to use that the way. 
he wants to use that. Mm -hmm. That's not up to me to pick and choose. And by the way, uh, Roger and I still um, communicate mm -hmm. via email about hymns all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we've got a, that's established a, a very good friendship yeah. for us. Yeah. So that's been good. Well, and for, I don't know, for any ministers who haven't had this experience or anybody else who just kind of the one kind of the inside scoop. Uh, I remember the first time that I was preaching in River Oaks on the other side of Fort Worth, and I look up and there's one of my other theology professors sitting out in the congregation yes. like, oh, let's see, did I skimp on anything in preparation this week or right. am I good? Yes, yes. Um, and the, the funny thing was uh, David Bonet, another friend of ours, Derek Carter, and I had done a group series together where we had planned this message series. We're all preaching it. So I preached, it was week one that week, and David was a week behind. So I did, I warned, I told the professor and I told the churches too that we did this collaborative, but I'm like, if you go to David's church next week, you're going to hear the same message, just kind of his take on it. So you might wait two weeks and get part two, but, okay. um, but yeah, it's just that all of a sudden you kind of catch your breath a little bit like, uh oh, right. um, but again, he was, he was there. He, you know, he felt some investment and connection and just wanted to be there and be an encouragement. And, and like yes. you said, to connect with God and worship God and, right. um, so um, but it is a, it's an unusual thing for sure in the midst of that. So I have a, another verse that was my mother's favorite verse, and I want to add this mm -hmm. in uh, from Lamentations. Because of the Lord's great love, we mm. are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great mm -hmm. is your faithfulness. In our hymn, Greatest Thy Faithfulness is from this passage. Mm -hmm. Well, my mother had taught me that when I was young. And during the really dark times in my life, when I felt abandoned by God, ignored by God, rejected mm -hmm. by God, all those things, um, I remembered that verse and I would start my day with it and say, okay, God, it's morning. Mm -hmm. Are you new today? And I would confess, I have nothing. I have no faith. I have no thoughts. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have nothing. But you, this is one of your promises and so I'm going to claim it. Mm -hmm. And I would quote that verse to myself every morning and um, I would love to say some bright shining light came and it didn't. Mm. Faith is a long obedience in the same direction as the book says. Yeah. Um, and I just, I kept going. Mm -hmm. I kept going and it was, it was a really difficult time and it was a really hard time. But one of the things I've realized, and I, I want to say this is, you know, God's ways are not my ways and mm. his thoughts are not my thoughts. And where I, I'm not a patient person. So if you say, well, you're supposed to preach, it's like, oh, well, I think next week I should have mm -hmm. somebody calling me about that. And it could be years. Mm -hmm. And to be patient with God um, is something I'm still learning mm -hmm. because I feel like I'll have some, I've done some things since I've we've moved to Plano, but mm -hmm. um, I think there's more mm -hmm. and God will show me that in his good time. And, but that was a hard lesson for me to learn because mm. it's like God is still there. He still loves me. He mm. still has plans for me. Um, and I want it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like that. I'm going to read you that in the message because mm -hmm. um, I like the message sometimes, the way it just brings things out. It says God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. Mm. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. 
he's all I've got left. I just mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. So I know um, Meadow Oaks has called a new pastor yes. since you've uh-huh. retired and they called another woman pastor. They did. They so did. what did that feel like for you to see that? I didn't realize I was holding my breath. I, mm-hmm. I guess I thought I was just a, a quirk. Well, we'll take her, you know, <laughs> kind of a deal. Um, and then when I heard that they had called her, I, I let my breath out. I was so thrilled because um, it affirmed for me that that I wasn't just um, a political statement. They really mm-hmm. felt like God called me, and now they had uh, and they had men and women that they looked at on the search committee. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. and again, it wasn't a political statement, or it was just, well, we feel like this is the best person for this yeah. job. Not the best woman, but the best person. And it's my understanding she's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So I'm really pleased with that. I loved hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know I wanted to hear that. But yes, that was very, yeah. very affirming. So it, and again, there there are a number of different people who could be listening to this. One, people that just know us. Right. Um, two people <laughs> from the church here. Um, but also, I feel like there are, you know, and hopefully this will get a chance to spread to maybe some other females who are right. sensing a call. Um, I want to get to in a minute what you would say specifically to them. However, um, they're at our church already because this is you've already been to our church before because you came to hear your daughter preach. I did. I so did. what was that like as she's coming to you saying, hey, I'm feeling a calling to ministry? <laughs> <laughs> what did that look like there? Well, that's been very difficult. Um, we tease her a lot. When she was a young teenager, she just, you know, was kind of draped over the couch. And uh, every morning she would ask Eddie, what's the temperature? And he would tell her the temperature and she'd say, what does that mean? And he would say, well, you should wear a sweater or you should wear short sleeves or whatever. So I saw her as that little girl. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess a few years ago, she came to me and said, well, I really believe I'm called to ministry. And my first, I I never have a good first reaction. I said, well, no, you're not. And so she was uh, very determined. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. um, I couldn't get my mind around that either Mm -hmm. because I had known her as a little child. And I guess I still saw her as a little child or a young person needing all my direction. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop and think, well, she's an adult Mm -hmm. and she can hear from God just like I can hear from God. And Mm -hmm. I'd I'd watched her grow in her faith in the church where they're serving. Mm -hmm. Um, She, you know, they were faithful. They made it a priority. Uh, They had started stewardship, Mm -hmm. financial stewardship, and then of their time and resources. And when I let myself step back and see that, I thought, well, okay. Then she, uh, their pastor asked her to preach one Sunday morning, and I was really nervous for that. And uh, so all I know to do in a situation like that is pray for her and say, mm-hmm. God, show her how real you are and um, give me peace that this is the right thing for her to do. And the more uh, she does, the more I realize mm-hmm. this really is her calling and I don't know that she wants to pastor, but she definitely wants to preach and teach. Mm-hmm. And she and I are so different in so many ways that I've had to accept that too, to mm-hmm. say, well, different personalities. 
Plus she's young and she's for a young generation. I mean, she's someone that on a daily basis wears blue jeans with holes in the knees, which I just think is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, I always tell her, Jacqueline, I'll buy you some good jeans. And <laughs> she laughs and ignores me like she mm -hmm. does for so many things. And I think, you know, the younger generation needs her. Yeah. They need her. And, and God is going to use her in a great and mighty way. Yeah. So that's been very, that's been a, a kind of a hurdle for me mm -hmm. to, uh, because all I had was my own story. Mm -hmm. You know, there are just not that many other stories. And um, so now she's got her story going and, and I can be part of that. Yeah. But uh, it now I'm thrilled. Now yeah. I'm just thrilled mm -hmm. and uh, try to encourage her as best I can as opposed to saying, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> well, and, and she is extremely gifted and talented and a, an incredible communicator and mm -hmm. has a deep heart for God and mm -hmm. communicating his truths. And yes. so, you know, feel very blessed to get to to get to know her and her fa whole family mm -hmm. and, and everything but to see that call in her life and to see her grow in that and mm -hmm. and again it, it's such an exciting thing though that she does have you <laughs> to be yes. able to go to as well yes. and um and some of the things you've wrestled through and right. be able to to be there for and whereas again and we've talked about this offline but there just weren't a whole lot of women pastors, right. especially in Texas Baptist churches, right. when you were diving into it. Right. When we first got to Waco, um, Julie Pennington mm -hmm. Russell, Russell. Mm -hmm. she was at Calvary Baptist Church, and I had never even heard a woman preach. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I we had a woman on staff at First Baptist Tyler, and but she didn't preach. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was ordained and I'd never seen that before. So that was encouraging, but I'd never heard a woman preach. So we went to Calvary one morning and listened. And, you know, I was, I felt, I realized at the end of the service, I'd been kind of clenched up the whole time waiting for mm. something to happen, <laughs> <laughs> the roof to fall in or someone to stand up. And I don't know what I thought. Mm -hmm. It was just so different and so new for me. Mm -hmm. And that, that took a while for me to, to get my mind around it when it's something you've never seen or never even heard of. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. So that, yeah. Yeah. And so I know um, when, when Jack or Jacqueline was mm -hmm. um, doing a project for school where she needed to talk to some women ministers, it was, it was exciting to see a growing pool of people she yes. could connect with. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, this, cause you're one of the ones I reached out to, uh, a student at where my kids go to school, a Christian mm -hmm. school that um, in junior high, who in a, a female who's comes up to me after I speak at a chapel and and says I'm feeling a call to ministry. Right. What you know what what advice do you have for me? And I had some thoughts to be able to share, but also to be able to say, hey, mm -hmm. I really would love to be able to connect you with some some women mm -hmm. who have been called to ministry, and I see that it's very evident in their lives, and let you talk and hear their journey, mm -hmm. their experience, um, some of the different things they wrestled with and all yes. that. And again, to know off the top of my head that there's this great group that I can go to. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's super encouraging to see. Mm -hmm. And hopefully for the generations that follow, yes. that's, that's more and more prominent yes. for them to be able to go yes. to. Well, we live in a um, cold, dark world mm -hmm. that needs Jesus so desperately. Mm -hmm. And we have the light, the light mm -hmm. of his life, um, shining in our hearts. And, 
um, it takes all of us. It, mm-hmm. We need all of us preaching and sharing God's love and uh, not fighting mm-hmm. about anything, but to to share God's love. And one of the things that's been a blessing um, once I graduated and started pastoring is that people have sent young women to me to say, and some of them want to talk for weeks and actually mm-hmm. have me as a mentor. And some of them just want to have coffee one time mm-hmm. and just see what I look like. You know, <laughs> you really are a woman. Yes, I really am. Mm-hmm. You really do preach every week. And so uh, that's been a real blessing to uh, have those young women Mm-hmm. come along behind me and to reach out a hand and say, come on, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And even as I'm retired to be able to still be encouraging to young women, Jacqueline specifically, mm-hmm. but I think there will be others. Yeah. So let's say that there is a woman who is in seminary or maybe in a church, or maybe it's a junior high student <laughs> right? Um, who is feeling this call in their life. Mm-hmm. What what would you want to say to them? And obviously it'd be great for them to be able to sit down and have a more thorough conversation mm-hmm. with you and everything. But but just in the time that we have here to be able to share, what what would you share with them? I think it's very clear that you, if you're called to serve God, you don't wait for that special time. You do what you can do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can teach Sunday school, you teach Sunday school. If you, uh, whatever door God opens for you, you walk through it mm-hmm. because you're. this is not, a job or a career. It's a calling. Mm-hmm. And so you do whatever God lays out for you next. And sometimes that might be in administration or teaching mm-hmm. and you keep looking and keep trusting God. Um, I, for some people, I say it'll come easy. It'll come quickly. Mm-hmm. A church will call you to preach. There you are. I've known a few young women that that's happened for. But if it doesn't, or in the case of the young woman who's in junior high, Mm -hmm. keep studying your Bible, Mm -hmm. keep growing with the Lord, keep walking Mm -hmm. and um, asking what he has next, because there's always a next, I think. Mm -hmm. And don't um, wait for the the big the big moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) that even in other. Think about that in other careers. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't start out as quarterback on an NFL team. You start out with your little tag football team when you're six years old <laughs> and you grow up in it, in football. Mm-hmm. Okay. We do the same thing with the Lord. We grow up in the Lord yeah, and, and let him show us the next thing. And don't be discouraged um, if you don't get to do what, what you think, it, if it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Yeah. But also don't settle. For no, the easy no, or no. for what someone else tells you That's exactly is right. your spot. That's exactly right. Uh, because, again, when I was at seminary, it was such a new thing. Here's this woman who wants to preach, and they're looking at me thinking, I could tell they were thinking, oh, that is never going to happen. <laughs> and so they're trying to encourage me. Oh, you could be a chaplain. You could be a camp. You could direct a camp and all the things. Or you could have a senior adult ministry. And mm-hmm. all those things were fine. I, I would mm-hmm. none of those things, you know, if that's your calling, that's your calling. But none of those things were my calling. And so um, I just tried to be gracious and say, well, thank you for those kind thoughts and, mm-hmm. and turn around and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what God called me to do. So. Yeah. But it's good to know that. It's it's good that you knew. Right. And had a, had that sense. And God obviously had confirmed it. And, yes. and uh, things that you shared that you knew what God had called you to. So you were able to say, no, I mean, again, I appreciate, 
I appreciate the attempt and, yes, and the good thoughts, yes. but I'm going to do what God's called me to do rather than what you're telling me is what I should do. So. Try to direct me in, a, in another way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, any other, so anything else I haven't asked you that you want to share or any other thoughts? Oh, right off the top of my head. Um, just that the call of God is, is unique mm-hmm. and it's, uh, glorious mm-hmm. in hindsight. I mean, there was some years of real deep struggle getting to that point, but once I got there, I loved it. I love to preach. Mm-hmm. I still love to preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastoring, I think I was a pretty good pastor. Um, they didn't give me a report card, or anything, but, <laughs> but they were very gracious when we left. Um, it was it was a group effort for mm-hmm. me and for Eddie, and they loved Eddie as much as they loved me, and um, it, it was wonderful. And I mean, we had our bumps and bruises, like any any time you're with people and you don't always agree, mm-hmm. um, that's going to happen. But we always came out and managed to to get through those difficult times and um i loved it i wouldn't mm-hmm. take anything for those 12 years of being a pastor and um and and when you're doing what god has called you to do uh, we used to talk about a goodness of fit you, mm-hmm. you know it's like that puzzle piece fits and even at the hard times mm-hmm. you know like during covid i knew i was doing what i was supposed to be doing and that i was doing what god had called me to do so i think um especially for young people coming, like you say, don't settle, mm-hmm. but keep moving forward and keep trying. Because once you do, it's just glorious. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So in that you brought up and, and you've mentioned several times on the way and Eddie's sitting in the room oh, with yes. us while we're doing this, <laughs> but you're the one on the mic. What, what Eddie has meant to you in, in this journey and role. And well, uh, this could probably be a whole episode by itself, oh, yeah. but he, when we got to Temple, one of the women came up and said, Eddie is the best pastor's wife we have ever had, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a, a, another one of the things that in our Baptist mindset, maybe in other churches too, but that when they were considering me, they said, well, does she play the piano? Does he play the piano? Isn't the pastor's wife supposed to play the piano? What are we going to do? You know, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, we're so entrenched in our mm-hmm. stereotypes. And I know you play the piano. So anyway, um, yes, from the beginning, he has been so supportive of me. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I went back to college after we had children and he was supportive of that and, mm-hmm. and did the extra things around the house, go to the grocery store and that kind of stuff to help support that. Then we were both working, and when I was called to do this, as I've already mentioned, he was—he's very um, how do I say spiritual. Mm-hmm. He listens to God's Holy Spirit, and he knew before I knew that God was dealing with me, mm-hmm. so that that was not a surprise. And um, all along the way, and he's the one that first visited Truett mm-hmm. and said, "Oh, you've just got to go to this place." And the, I do remember the first time I walked in to true I felt the Holy Spirit there, mm. which is, yeah. I don't associate with places mm-hmm. typically, but then, um, he's just supported me every step of the way, went back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had already retired and he went back to work and worked until he was forced to retire with his health. But, um, just, there was never a question that he was going to support me. I didn't learn this till just a couple of years ago. Uh, I overheard him telling someone that he had 
prayed and made a promise to God that if God would give me a church <laughs> to preach at, mm -hmm. he would do everything else. Mm. And I didn't know that. And I mean, he just started doing it. He cleaned house. He went to the grocery store. He mm -hmm. took care of, you know, picking up the dry clean. I mean, he just did everything. And I, it gave me the free, I just knew I didn't need to do those things mm -hmm. because he was already doing them. It gave me the, the freedom to study and to work full time at a church. And um, I was unaware. I mean, I knew it was happening, but I didn't know he had made that commitment mm -hmm. with God. So yes, he's been there every step of the way. And when I would say, okay, I need to study. And we made a place in our home for me to study. And he would leave me alone. And mm -hmm. um, which is difficult when you share space with someone. It's difficult. Uh, and we and there was a wonderful place at the church for study. There was a wonderful study mm -hmm. room. And I'm sure if I'd had little children, I would have had to avail myself of that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And so, and I'm sure with children at your mm -hmm. home, it makes a difference where you study. But I had the the uh, privilege and the joy of just being able to study there in our home. And mm -hmm. then when I was through, I would stand up and say, okay, I'm through. And then we would do whatever we were going to do next, yeah. eat supper, watch TV, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I could not have asked for someone more loving and kind about this. And I feel like to the, and people say, oh, I couldn't have done this without my spouse. And that means a lot to me because he's been so supportive and, um, could I have done it without him? Maybe. Uh, do I want to do it without him? <laughs> Never. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not at all. He's just right there. And like today, I said, well, I can drive up there by myself. He goes, no, I want to go with you. I'll drive you. So mm. he drove me up here and, you know, yeah. we're enjoying retirement together. But yes, he's he's been such a big part of this. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for again, for anyone who's listening, who who is wrestling through any of these things or is just looking for someone with wisdom and discernment and who can speak to their experience, uh, certainly would encourage um, anyone in that boat uh, to connect with Lillian. Um, again, just yes. love to hear from so, <laughs> so much respect that I have for you and you. Um, just seeing how God has used you. And, and again, I, you know, I grew up in a much more, um, a much uh, well, I, I grew up kind of in the same deal that you did, that it mm -hmm. just right. that wasn't necessarily a box for no, a female right. preacher. That's right. Um, and for anybody who would throw anything out there, I'd go, okay, I know the argument you're making. One, there's a whole lot of scripture we can wrestle with because right. a lot of it, if you want to pick and choose, well, there's plenty on the other side for sure that supports uh, supportive of women in ministry. However, it's people like you that I look at and go, what I also know is I see how God is working and has used someone like Lillian. Um, so that gives me great confidence that, yeah. um, that yes, God is calling and affirming and using women in, in these roles to, again, to be a, a huge part of what he's doing to spread the gospel. So, um, thank you. so, well, thank you. And if someone wants to connect with you, what is the easiest way to do that? Um, I would say my email and I'll give it to you now. Okay. It's lilhines at gmail.com. And let me spell that L-I-L-H-I-N-D-S, lilhines at gmail.com. Okay. And we'll include that in the show notes as well um, there. So, but Lillian, thank you again so much. Thank you, um, uh, certainly for, for today, but also for just years of friendship and, and seeing how God's worked to move. So thanks thank for you. being here today. Mm -hmm. 
Thanks for listening to the Community Chat Podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at communitynorthbc.org to find out more information about this podcast or our church. Thanks for listening.